0: Welcome to Food and Loathing, your weekly hint at what pirate radio would have sounded like if Johnny Depp and um, Kira Knightley hijacked a luxury yacht and kidnapped the chefs. <laughs> I am your host, Al Mancini, host of this Audible Culinary Journey, or for those of you who prefer a more populous job description, I'm the guy who does most of the talking. Our producer, Rich Johnson, is once again manning the board, working his magic. Yep. Always on the lookout for popped P's and Sybil and S's and Z's here in a Yetrick? Let's find out. <laughs> yes, indeed. P, P, Z, Z. Uh, <laughs> as you can hear, joining me on the journey again this week. In the co-host chair, Rick Moonen, the man who is not only in that chair for the third time in our short history, also the guy supplying the chair and the rest of them at the beautiful Moonen Ranch on the outskirts of the Las Vegas Valley, where we are recording once again today. Rick, I love recording here. It's just so beautiful out here. Thanks,
1: Al. Well, the weather's cooperating quite nicely, I might say.
0: (laughs) It's been a while, at least for our listeners, although you and I have seen each other a few times since the last session. Um, More on that in the moment but first man you were glamping is this what i hear
1: (laughs) yes indeed man i was
0: looking around and yeah i'm like where's where's rick where's rick and i I saw your son and he's like yeah me and me and my dad are gonna go glamping
1: yes indeed man i was mr glamp we ate glamp food and it was all glamped up what what it is it's uh it's called zion glamping adventure right and it's up in near hurricane utah and it's basically right on the border with arizona and i have this like and the topography there is just mind-blowingly beautiful and so there's this little cove in this gorgeous like carved out uh, rock cave and they have all these uh, you know yurts that are pretty like a commune of them all just lit up and they got an air conditioning and a heating unit in there and you got two queen size beds nice and comfy little soft little comfort tops and everything (laughs) that's the clamp part but you're still and you got outside you got your little fire pit you know and I'm cooking on my Coleman stove and uh, we basically Christopher my son and I just wanted to you know have some Time alone and relax and it was the absolute perfect
2: Got a experience. Q- quality outhouse out there too?
1: Um yeah, it's called the back of the tent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. There's, the glamping still has its No ceiling, indoor plumbing
1: right? in the glamping, huh? Not inside. Well, down, just down the little path, there's you yeah. know hot water showers, a place to wash your pots and pans. It's a commune, so everybody's leaving behind stuff. So you got oil. You, there's like a little past, a pantry there. You need a little oil? Take a little oil. Put it back. Leave some behind what you do. And it's just this. So there's yeah. like three dishwashing soap things. It's, just a, it's absolutely perfect. <laughs> and I went to see Bryce. And Bryce is, is magical. I know the canyon is just, uh, there's the amphitheater, you walk it, it's quite a strenuous uh, uphill, switchbacks and stuff. But it looks like sand castles made with wet sand and somebody came by and they painted it different colors. It's just, it's, you don't believe it.
0: Now when you go on a vacation like that, when you're out in nature, do you do any
1: fishing? And do you do any cooking of fish that you caught? <sighs> not this trip, but I did bring fishing poles and fishing uh, tackle, but there's really not anything around. I asked the first night, I got checked in by this guy Travis, super cool dude. And uh, he's like, "Nah." So I'm like, "All right." So there's so much more to do. Right, right on property, there's a really cool uh, hike. Took that the first day to be warmed up. The next day, we did Bryce, mm-hmm. and that night, uh, the Wednesday night, uh, we—I um, was it Tuesday night? I don't know. We 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 got on this big ATX thing, you know, that had super suspension. And Travis drove us, and this guy reminded me of the cosmonaut on uh, Armageddon. <laughs> you know, he talked like this. Ah, who cares? It's a petroglyph. I don't know it isn't the way he was talking. You know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, it was it was a blast. So it was cool. And
0: so I, I am curious, though, how a great chef cooks when he's on vacation. Do you just um, you know is it just scrambled eggs and bacon, or do you actually like um, stock up on ingredients? And you know, because I I'm one of these guys. I can't cook, right? Mm-hmm. So I just go to a local chef and have them give me every ingredient prepackaged, yeah, measured out heard. then I go away on vacation I cook that and pretend I know
1: what I'm doing um, how about somebody like yourself man well I have a Coleman stove so it's what you know it's liquid gas and, you know if the fuel, you fill it up through a little funnel, and pump it 35, 40, 50 times and, get, <laughs> and turn them on, get them going. And they're great. You know, so I took my black steel pan, heavy duty, and two little smaller pots. Figured we can do everything, and they only have two burners anyway. So, yeah, breakfast was eggs and, you know, Jimmy Dean sausage and, you know, and some uh, the little sweet bread, uh, bis- those things are from... Oh, kings, I think yeah. they're called yeah. them, right? Not sweet breads. Not, no, not sweet <laughs> Bread that's sweet. And, uh, yeah. you know, we made toast out of that, and it was great. So then uh, I brought a bunch of stuff that I made during the pandemic and froze. So I had an Irish stew from, made from lamb that I had butchered with Stephen Geddes. So, I mean, his thing was rich and hearty. Plop, plop, heated up bowls around the campfire drinking you know ma- i'm making manhattans don't forget I brought everything <laughs> to make the perfect manhattan and uh so
0: yes yes rick bought ingredient brought ingredients on vacation they, but they were all alcoholic ingredients oh like man it. i got a, yeah. i
1: had a traveling bar what are you talking about first <laughs> night was tequila night second night was bourbon night third night was really bourbon night
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's um, Yeah, that's, that's how Sue and I did it last time we went away, actually, to Hurricane, Utah, um, very close to where you were, and uh, we had a local, uh, Sonia Stelia, put together a cocktail kit for us and everything was already pre-packaged. That was really awesome. So it's good. Yeah, even if you don't know what you're doing there, there are so many great chefs and bartenders in this town who can it's good to have stock me out. up and um, hey, you know, <laughs> the, people that do that as a business though. and yeah. I, I love that because that way I can throw my money into the local economy, yes. get into a car, drive my ass to Utah and still be spending my money here in Las Vegas.
1: I love spending money in Las Vegas. I don't know what it is.
0: <laughs> Speaking of things we've been doing, Rich, I understand you've been eating at some places that are a bit above and beyond Beyond your usual parade of fast food favorites <laughs> makes me feel like we're doing something positive here on this show just
2: <laughs> affecting you. So I'm um, please if this is true, please 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 share. Well, I'll save the best for later in the show and I mean a true fast food place that meets your high standards. <laughs> in the meantime, uh, after we did last week's after hours visit with Jenny Wong, my wife and I made it to uh, Every Grain on Tuesday. And it was all you said it would be. I'm, you know, I'm still new enough at this <laughs> that I'm tasting a lot of things for the very first time in my old age. And f- having that rich, deep, porky goodness of uh, Lu Rao Fan, the national dish of Taiwan, as Jenny uh, said. Uh, we also tried the Dan Dan noodles, which was an entirely different one from the ones I've had at 8 East and other places that we made at home. Uh, a little milder, stronger sesame base. Oh, man, I'll be back to every grain, to be sure. Also, after we were at Soul Belly in that same day, I went back and ordered about $80 worth of stuff at Soul Belly and <laughs> took it home, and uh, that worked out very well. Uh, most of that left to my wife because I was up in Portland for a couple of days. little nostalgia at a place called Burgerville, which I think I've mentioned before, He's a regional back. fast food place. <laughs> really good, responsible, sustainable burgers, fish, chicken, fresh, in-season, fruit and in the milkshakes. They are one of the fast food chains that really
1: does it right. So Rich moved out of his cave for a minute and he's back.
0: Right. He went back. He yeah. went right back, back the for the fast. Oreos then, and yeah. hamburger <laughs> Then I went buffet
2: food though. <laughs> but I did it in a really cool place went to see my Oregon Ducks. Uh, I have a friend I was in college with who went and made money in the insurance business I mean insane money cashed out retired yeah, yeah. 55 thieves, yeah. he has this suite at Autzen Stadium that's yeah. catered and after you sit in the suite you, you just can't go back to backless benches of college no, football no, so yeah. uh, I went back there for the second time that's why this I don't season. fly on
1: private jets despite all the invitations.
0: I, I did but recently
2: I just know I could this never guy's got two jets now, but just one did, of them's
1: I just did a JSX Dude, oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm screwed. Good. Yeah, hop on, hop off, straight to Orange County, did a charity, came back, and then and the reason my packing for the food was, I packed up this Yeti just behind you, Rich. Yeah, and in about 20 minutes of just pop, 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 threw all sorts of crap in there, and off we went. You know, I had a turnaround time of two hours.
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah. I love Jet, Jet Suite X, uh, the airline Rick, Rick is talking about. And I'm a little pissed because I have to go out to Palm Springs
1: for Thanksgiving. I thought that they, they flew there and they don't, right? Oh, so I, I thought well, that would we be a nice The only way to have that happen is to everybody that's listening and us, we have to get in touch with them and say, we want to go to Phoenix. Yeah. Sure, where where Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Springs. Palm Springs. Yeah. Tony yeah. Shea was a big investor in that company, actually, I believe.
0: Was he? If I'm remembering correctly. God, yeah. rest yeah. his soul. And he's also one that our um, our out-of-town food journalists mentioned that yeah. when they would recommend recommend yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're coming to Las Vegas from California, definitely take Jet Suite. So <laughs> yeah, we'll plug yeah, those guys. And they're not even a sponsor. Yeah. But well. you,
2: you gave me grief for not mentioning it last time, and I, I'll, I'll tell you more about it now. I did go to the wedding of my friend Murray Sawchuck, Magic Murray, here at the Tropicana, mm-hmm. and his longtime Amorta, Danny Elizabeth. About 400 people in the showroom at the Plaza. They did it on the stage. It was a late afternoon affair, and then the party started around 9 uh, which is also known in my house as Bedtime. <laughs> so I had to rely on Johnny Katz for the story.
0: Well, Mr. Katz of the Mita always has the good scoop. Um, what a drag you had to leave early. I like Murray. I don't know him well. He's on the short list of Las Vegans. Las Vegans. Las Vegas. I don't think yeah. he's a vegan. <laughs> he's on the short list of Las Vegans with more distinctive hair than mine. He's up there with Melinda Sheckles and Henry Weinacker. <laughs> uh, I met him a long time ago at a party thrown by some friends. I occasionally see him in the Desert Breeze dog park
2: runs. He's a dog guy.
0: Yeah, no. good guy. I can only assume he had a great wedding. And um, Yes. Yeah. I've not seen
2: his magic show. Have any of you guys seen magic show? I've s- no. seen it three or four times. No, no. Uh, last year, that very same guy with the suite has a Super Bowl party, and I commissioned Murray to come and do the private entertainment. Oh, nice. Yeah, you a know, cool. room for about 25 guys. Usually it's about 50 or 60 or 100 in his showroom. Yeah. And uh, so he was able to do a little more I, I want to say intimate stuff, but that's that Intimous. has way too many other connotations. <laughs> it was, was a nice, Alan, I once hired close-in magic show.
0: <laughs> I once hired a clown and a stripper to work a
1: party. But, yeah, um,
0: yeah, together was never a synergy. They, yeah, we we asked. It was <laughs> a
1: stripper that was also a clown. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> okay, so speaking of things we've done this week, um, I hit an old fugu, an old favorite Fuku Burger, which was always great, mm. and a new favorite Valencian Gold. Both of those for takeout over the past few days. Both were excellent. Um, with regards to the latter, all I'm going to say is Foie Gras Rice Krispie Treats. Ooh. Mm. And I think they were on the Daily What's Specials up? menu when I was there. Ask about them. Enough said on that. I'm just going to leave that one hanging out there. Mm. Um, now, Rick and I got a sneak preview of a new top secret Tivoli Village dining experience. It was one of those like Rick knew a guy who knew a gal who called me. One of those very Las Vegas kind of things, you know. <laughs> and then of course when I got there I saw a bunch of people I knew who were already hip to the whole thing, but um they never clued me on it. Bastards. Any. We don't roll that way. <laughs> we clue you in on what we know. So here's what we have to tell you. The place <laughs> is called La Cochina Exclusiva. My Spanish is kinda of rusty, but it's exclusiva. The exclusive
1: kitchen. No exclusiva
0: exclusiva yeah, yeah come on i'll get, get okay you. my apologies to my spanish-speaking friends <laughs> um so it's operated by the team that runs el dorado cantina it's located in a space that's across the small side courtyard in tivoli village um this is the space that alex strada had to go with also Angela sosa briefly ran it as poppy den el dorado have been using the downstairs to seat the overflow crowd from el dorado so i guess they're doing really well they've got overflow god bless them for that and then they renovated the upstairs to offer for a much more upscale dining experience. Rick, I'm going to let you take it
1: from here. Talk a bit about what we experienced there. All right. I don't know how much time we have, but let's, let's, go, <laughs> let's go to the origin. It's October 3rd. That's my wife's birthday. Ronnie and I go to have a drunk lunch at Eldorado. What the hell? Let's do it. Fun stuff. So we're having... We, Jenna is the name of the bartender, and she's just freaking off the charts cool shit. You know, she's uh, just, the interaction of it all, busting and Chops, and, and she made this unbelievable mezcal margarita, and it was just super delicious. So we're two or three deep into it, we ordered the surf and turf fajita, which was crazy cool, and sizzling <laughs> rock and all this, you know. So I, this is I, just main El Dorado. This is El Dorado, the right. main bar right there, but here's the deal, I met this guy, came up, started talking, I'm like, he went behind the bar, so I knew he worked there, and he looked like a manager, he was dressed to be so, so I, I started chatting with him. His name's Kyle. Now, Kyle comes over and sits next to us and so, you know, masked down and we're starting to yak and talk. And I wanted to buy him a drink. And we're just doing the, the whole party thing, you know. And he starts to tell me his story. You know, he was just a, a newly discovered uh, a relative of the owners of the um, uh, El Dorado Cantina and he's taken on a full time course of m- moving and, and, and reproducing the, the brand and, and going global. And, you know, and he was a super cool guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, then he, then, so we hit it up, we exchanged information, and, he, and then he invited. I introduced because I thought his story was super cool. Mm -hmm. And a really, really great professional. He's working rooms. He's all over the place. That's how we met him. So uh, so we get to go to the Exclusiva event because it was kind of a secret. They really don't want it to be known, but they want it to be word of mouth. So here it is, um, Al and I. uh, We like to... uh, you know, share. Yeah, and, and you know, I tell them I'm going to come in with Rick Moonen, and then, of course, they want to pull out all the stuff. Oh, man. You know, if and I tell did. them that Rick Moonen is coming.
3: <laughs>
1: it works sometimes. <laughs> but So, I mean, you want me to run down the menu, like the, the food that we had? Yeah, please, yeah, please. okay, so, I mean, it was pretty cool. I mean, I've got a couple notes here, but go, go, go down with Oh, yeah, first we got the bread. No, okay, we had more drinks, you know, so it's my <laughs> wife, myself, Al, and Sue, and we're all just kind of in the corner, and they're catering to us. The chef comes out and introduces himself. First thing down is a plate of beautiful little breads. They're like biscuits. They're orange and uh, white and green, and they all have different flavors. One's Parmesan, one that's green as you know, uh, chipotle, and and they were sprinkled with Tajin, you know, that little lime powder that they put on everything, mm-hmm. which makes everything taste better. And they were soft in the middle like a biscuit, you know. <laughs> And they were they were gluten free. But yeah, yeah, they were like a tapioca almost. They right? were. They like, were ta- I think it was tapioca flowers what they used. And yeah. it, it's kind of like Mexican food. It was almost like a mochi texture. I mean, there was something just a yeah. little. Yeah, yeah. It, it might not be for everyone, but uh, you know, I, I I scoffed them down pretty good. You know, yeah. With I thought the they were solid butter that they gave you. with It <laughs> It was pretty and butter in a Mexican restaurant. You know, so they're taking more cooler ingredients and in they and they're putting it in the Mexican genre. Mm-hmm and certainly influenced by the spices we had some, some plates that were a little bit hot you know spice wise you know but we had a tostada with hamachi that was absolutely delicious it had like a little Cherry tomatoes on it, and pickled onion, obligatory pickled red onion, and the finger lime. The finger lime is also known as uh, citrus uh, caviar. It pops in your mouth. It blows things up. So when you match it with a fatty fish like you know a hamachi, and it, I, I felt this all was really really good. I'm sure they had a little habanero in there, but it was to me it was one of the most delicious starters. Then we had a cushy oyster with pickled onion, uh, a, a, a grenadine, a, a, and, a, and caviar, real caviar like sturgeon caviar on yeah. top. So little oysters. Um, we had sopas, uh, steak tartare. made a delicious empanada. But think it was a mushroom-based empanada stuffing with a green sauce. It was almost like a mole, green, verde, deliciousness. It was great. And the squid ink, uh, what's the thing they steam in the... Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on. And went, they, they wrap it in... Uh, uh, the tamale? Tamale, thank yeah, you. So yeah, there was a squid ink tamale, tamale that was really interesting you know to see black tamale and you know it's kind of like hey this is cool they did a filet of beef with chimichurri which chimichurri is you know not from mexico you know <laughs> right <laughs> but that's chimichurri and, en- and Noki mushrooms that were grilled you know it was mm-hmm. it was well thought out the one that i was a little bit perplexed with was the whole fish the bronzino, the big whole fish that was cooked in the oven and everything. On a banana not, leaf. On a banana leaf. Yes, it was. But it was served on top of udon noodles. Now, here I have a major issue with that. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. It seems like an ingredient that was used just to be cool and different. Mm-hmm. And it does not work for me
0: at all. And then, uh, you know, I got some notes on that dish. It was a poblano
1: parmesan sauce. Dude, this is not right. <laughs> okay, can I just say, guys, please, yeah. please, that fish is just, did, kid died for you. Let's <laughs> treat it with some more respect, you know. I don't know. It's it, it's we, just a udon noodle thing. Always hear about
2: and, cultural appropriation. But, but, this is cultural collision. But they're trying
1: they're trying you know I mean did I bet a thousand you know when I was standing behind my stoves and creative with my teams no we didn't bet a thousand we did some pretty weird things but you know we are having fun and
0: and, you know we were there the first weekend that they were seating anybody Um, they didn't I didn't see a menu so I don't even know if they had a menu yet or if they were just kind of bringing us out everything that they've been experimenting with I've got to say the team over there is top notch I saw a lot of familiar faces from other restaurants Uh, the corporate chef John Miranda is a veteran of Twist by Pierre Gagnier Um, he's brought in Another twist vet, um, Robert Maestrel, to run this concept for him. The head mixologist, Omar Fonseca, is a veteran of Click, and the maitre d' Noé. Alarcon, who, who I would not have known his name, but I knew his face because um, I've seen him at SW and Lakeside over at Wynn, Scarpetta at the Cosmo. I haven't seen him at Cipriani because I don't really go there, but um, he also was from there. Uh, so, you know, so it's a great team. I, I, I did a couple cuts. I, I spoke with a few people. I'm just going to play one of them for you right now. And this is with the corporate executive chef. Um, and this is John Miranda. Tell me a little bit about what you've done with this upstairs, because I didn't know this was here. I guess this is your first weekend that you're officially open, but it's still kind of hush-hush, secret. You got to know the code word. What's the deal to get up here, man? Uh,
3: you know, it's, it's going to be we're, we're relying on word of mouth. Um, we're not really going to like you can't book an open table. Um, we will work on a splash page where, you know, you can, we have a little rolling video. For reservations, call this number. Hours of operation, very simple. Um, you know, I think it's 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 uh, a nice extension of the the Mexican theme from El Dorado, uh, just you know a little enhanced, and um, it's gonna be fun.
0: Well, but it, upstairs here you have your own menu, and it seems to be, I don't I don't know. Is it fair to say it's a more upscale menu, a more refined level of Mexican food that you're doing up here? Sure.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think um, you know there they will definitely be for some sticker shock, I think, because um, I don't think there's there's a lot of that in Summerlin, per se. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, could you describe what the menu is all about to people?
3: Sure. Yeah. Um, so we're we have you know a cheese cart. We have a lot of cheeses from imported from Europe. Um, Where the the masa we're getting is from Oaxaca. And, you know, we're getting the next meal done in, in town. And then we're pressing the tortillas to order, the tortas, the tostadas, everything is, is in-house. Um, and, you know, the, uh, the hamachi, the, we're, we're getting uh, Japanese beef in pretty soon. Um, I think you know the situation with getting products in right yeah. now and the, in oh, the yeah. imports. Um, you know, caviar, you know, the stuff I was using on the strip. You know, we're not, we're not shying away from anything.
0: And just before we wrap up that segment, even though I was repeatedly told that night that they weren't taking reservations, you could only get in if you asked the right people, you know, the the wink and the nod kind of thing, (laughs) I was finally able to track down a phone number and an email address. If you're interested in dining at La Cucina, do you want to say Exclusiva? Exclusiva. Exclusiva. You don't need me anymore. Uh, The phone number is 702-447-0502, or you can email reservations at lacucinaexclusiva.com. And the hours for the room are... Tuesday through Saturday, 5 to 10.30 p.m. We have no idea what the pricing is. Not because, at all. Because, yeah, we, we were treated very...
2: If you have to ask.
0: ...and generously. So um, We tipped well. Yes. Moving on, I attended a movie premiere this week, and while it had nothing to do with food or chefs, it really made me think about a lo- the local chef community that we have. I think it's a good lead into our next segment. P.J. Perez is a longtime Las Vegas writer. He no longer lives in our city, but he's released a new film called Parkway of Broken Dreams. It's a documentary about the artist poets musicians DJs who hung out created cool stuff on Maryland Parkway in the 90s they held a world premiere last week and look I didn't live in Las Vegas in the 90s I wasn't part of that scene but I knew at least half the people in the movie and at least half the people in the theater for that sold-out premiere and the reason is because so many of them have continued to be influential in Las Vegas over the past 20 years that I've been here Uh, I'm not going to run down the names take my word a lot of creative people um The thing was, the stuff they were doing a quarter century ago, hanging out together, poetry readings, performance, art, music, these guys have all gone on to have a serious impact and stuck around in some way, affected Las Vegas. It's a great film, um, a great look at that scene. I would definitely tell you, Las Vegas cultural history. People say we don't have any. Well... There, yeah, we do. There is, and you should go check out the film. Um, October 30th, it's showing at the Silver State Film Festival, Century Orleans 18, and you can get more info at the com. just parkwayofbrokendreams.com. But, Rick, I bring it up here because I've been part of a few creative scenes like that in my life, people I hung out with in the 80s, 90s, who are still popping up as influential, creative, important people. But I'm thinking that you... <laughs> And I I hear you at parties. I hear you tell stories about the people you hung out with in the old days who are now household names in the culinary community. Right. You know, I feel like Las Vegas has a really magic chef scene going on right now. What was it like in your day, man? I mean, did you know that there was magic at the time in the air? Uh,
1: when I first got out to Las Vegas, 2004. Actually, I'm talking about even if you go all the way back to culinary school and those New York days, oh right? Like I was, I was so lucky to be where I was in New York, you know, with, with the scene that was happening back then. We all knew each other, all the chefs. There was David Burke, the most creative, crazy guy at the River Cafe, Charlie Palmer, River Cafe opened up Oriole. There was a lot of the big names like that. And we were all buddies. You know, we hung out at the end of the nights, you know. And we'd go to, like, Blue Ribbon. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a chef hangout, seriously. You know, you go down there and the Brombergs would be making your chicken matzo ball soup and oysters mm-hmm. and all kinds of, cr- the menu was just, you know, fakakta, but it was good food, you know? And we hung out and we drank and we, you know, and we told bullshit stories about how many covers you did that night. But we shared inspiration, what we were doing. Like if I came across, a, you know, an interesting mushroom source or something, I'd tell them, we didn't care. It wasn't like the big secret thing. There was a culture a real, live culture where we cared. And carried that to Vegas, you know, with me. And when I first got to Vegas, I was like, holy shit, what have I done, you know? And then finally, I, because I ate at some restaurants that I knew the chefs, the names were on the front, went in and it sucked, period, just sucked. I was like, fuck, this is bullshit. Now I put Now I moved out of here and my plotted my fat ass in the middle of this, you know, this is a farce. And then I went to Bradley Ogden's. And I was treated with course after course. The guys in the kitchen all knew me from, you because know, they went to the same school I went to. Adam Sobel, Gerald Chen, you know, uh, Ralph Barrazzo, these guys paraded out one by one. And uh, the food was off the charts. The creativity was, it, it renewed my excitement about being in Vegas. And eventually they all ended up working for me. And, and they've all gone on, and they're all very... Oh. The names
0: you just mentioned are all people that are doing really important things in the culinary world right now. Absolutely, Al. And I felt like somewhere between five and 10 years ago, it really start, things really started popping on a, on a crazy level here. When chefs started moving off the strip, going into the burbs, doing stuff, mm-hmm. I was super excited about the local scene. And I would tell these chefs, look, man, you're at a special moment. Like, You, you guys are part of a, a scene. Enjoy it. Then COVID happened. Yeah. I was a little worried that that was going to be the end of it. People were going to hunker down. But you know, as I was watching this film, they, they started talking about how we don't need record stores and coffee shops anymore. To spread music and art because we have the internet. What I started thinking about was, but we still do need to go out in person to eat food. Yeah, you can't learn about food from the internet, Mm -hmm. and that may be what saves this scene from from going the way of music scenes and culture scenes. And then I went out to Vegas unstripped this this past weekend, and holy shit! All these people that had scattered during COVID. We're all back there together, and we're all just loving eating each other's food and talking about exciting new stuff. Oh, man. I, it just, I think, really epitomizes this what we've been talking about of having a great scene. So this is Food & Loathing. welcome back to food and loathing i'm still your host al mancini and for this segment i have some of my favorite highlights from vegas unstripped 2021 which took place on saturday october 16th on main street in the las vegas arts district our producer rich johnson will be manning the control panel for this segment doing the hard work of splicing all of this audio together and making it sound great Everything you're about to hear is taken from the many, many live streams we did on the Food and Loathing Facebook page. So there's a lot of material over there if you want to go check it out. We figured, however, that we would just hit some highlights here with Rich polishing them up just a little bit to try to smooth over the rough edges. To start things off, I have a montage of some of the chefs I spoke to before the crowds were let in telling me about the dishes they prepared for the evening. Johnny Church, what you cooking tonight, uh, man?
5: I have no idea. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we're doing a, a country fried foie gras and waffles. Cool. We'll take on chicken and waffles, but...
0: Gary Lamort in the house. What's up, my brother?
5: Uh, Vegas 7th Strip, is it?
0: What are you making for people tonight?
5: We have something really exciting tonight. We have bacon-aged steelhead trout. Uh, so we have been uh, curing this for about a week in our cooler. Uh have a sample hanging over here and uh, right behind it you can see our pot still and um, tonight we're going to be serving the fish with a uh, fermented chili moonshine so what we've done is we fermented chilies and then we've distilled it and turned it into a foam and the dish is nothing but um, the bacon aged trout uh, and the aging process really kind of denatures it and um, makes it more tender really super crispy skin and um, really brings out the wonderful fatty flavors we're going to grill this uh over our binchotan fired with some prime six, prime six binchotan perfect robot that's
0: the robata charcoal right And this
5: is an, this is actually an american-made sustainable version so, very cool uh, super excited justin kingsley
0: hall what do you got going on here
5: Scones. That's a,
0: yeah, special Go. special treats from the crowd. Really? Yeah. Well, what are you making tonight over that fire that we uh, see? Tonight we're gonna have some barbecued uh, Australian kingfish with a smoked shellfish uh, XO sauce, and then we're gonna have a plant-based barbecued uh, kabocha squash ribs with milk grits. Cool, man. This is the John Arena Station. <laughs> John, what are you making, my friend? See my shirt? We're making uh,
3: American artisan pizza with uh, smoked pork shoulder a little crema, some, some onion, cherry, jalapeno jam, finish with a little green onion. My friend, Gio, what are Good you cooking, day? man? We're going wild today. We're making a crazy thing from the streets of Palermo. It's called pane coameusa. And it's a spleen sandwich beef spleen, spleen, sandwich. Beef spleen sandwich And if you have a choice you can have a sketo maritata is with lemon and black pepper and cacio cavallo maritata is with cacio and
0: ricotta cheese
3: up to you what you'd
0: like okay well i am gonna have to um tell one of my buddies he's been asking me who makes good spleen in this town for about I, I a know, year i
2: know I it's know. it's in high demand and as you call, <laughs> My capitalistic self
0: guiding <laughs> through. So is that on the menu at your restaurant? It is not. Uh-oh. This is the perfect place to do My it. My favorite tea party hostess. How are you? What are you making for people today? Tonight? Uh, we
6: got our white rabbit cream puff stuffed with lemon curd. We've got our checkerboard shortbread, our playing card cookies, live sugar art. What else do you want? Live sugar art? I want to know what
0: that's all about. It sounds hot, like fun. Hot, hot, hot. Okay, we'll be back. That last voice you heard was Angela Sweetser of Queen of Hearts, and I'm a little ashamed to say I never got back to see that live sugar art, so it's still a mystery to me, sorry. I should also add, for those out there who enjoy eating spleen, like my friend Mark Randaza, if you're listening, Mark, the chef who prepared that awful treat was none other than Gio Morrow of Pizzeria Manzo. As the evening got underway, the first person to join me and Rich at the Food and Loathing table was my good friend and the host of the Good for Spooning podcast and cooking demo videos, Leanne Bartolo. Leanne, what's happening, baby? I am so excited to be here. How are you? I'm doing great, everybody. I'm joined here by Leanne Bartola of the Good for Spooning podcast, who is um, first of all, a great, great Las Vegas foodie, a great patron of the local dining scene, and also just one of my favorite people to ever hang out and with. And
4: you are one of my favorite people to hang out with.
0: And it's like, yeah, yeah, we're just going to kiss each other's asses here. And I
4: love that. The chefs
0: aren't drunk enough yet to come over and chat with us, but you might be, I've been told. No,
4: I (laughs) I actually came from the Motley Brews Beer Festival earlier this afternoon, and I was delighted to support local there, and as Brian Chapin from that event goes, bitch, you were like totally all over a local, everything. I'm like, yeah, well, because there's so much, we're just finally, truly opening up to Mass events and masked and unmasked events. And I was glad to totally support everything this weekend. And this is a marathon weekend for us, it's not a sprint.
0: So, you, uh, they opened the doors just a little after 8 o'clock. A little bit <laughs> sl- slower today than we were hoping. But as events go, really not that big of a hiccup. Glad they got everybody in here. People are dining. Um, I did the walk around prior to them opening the doors. Good for And you. <laughs> everything was looking really, really good. What's looking good out there right now?
4: I really love the kingfish dish that uh, Main Street Provisions is putting out. Okay. I love, like... Like, stop me in my tracks, the foie gras ravioli that James Trees is putting out. Because, I mean, come on, everything that guy does with pasta, you just kind of, it's a panty dropper. I mean, I, I don't know how any, any other way to put it. It is just so good. The texture of the pasta is beautiful. The sauce is always delicious and the perfect complement. It's never too heavy, too soft. It, it's delicious. And I, frankly, Like the New Yorker in me came out. I love Sonia on the Wild's bagel with the locks on it. I'm like. That's like everything breakfast for me. I was super excited to see that.
0: Nice. We've got some cool stuff going on um, outside. We have some first appearances by people. We've got the first appearance of Brian Howard's new concept, Half Bird.
4: I didn't get to go there yet. Because you didn't get the to line, go there you know, yet. The line has been too long. Oh, uh, I got a sandwich I'm,
0: back here, and it was pretty pretty solid. Man. I'm really I was excited. Making-
4: my son actually, my son is here with us as well. My son brought me a bite, and I didn't get to get in the line because the line was too long, which is speaking volumes that People are lining up um, to see what Brian Howard is yeah. doing.
0: Brian's doing something yeah. new. People yeah. are excited yes. about it. So yes. I chatted with him, hoping we're going to get him or get somebody from there over to the table. I'll get him over here. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, who else did we see that has something new? We've got Daniel Ontiveros is over I there with did, Carver I,
4: Steak. I didn't get in there yet, either, because I started the back, <laughs> and I'm working my way up.
0: He's got some so. Wagyu. I saw it cooking over the fire of an open First fire First of over all, there.
4: Dan Ontiveros is one of my favorite chefs in Las Vegas because he is so humble and he just puts out amazing dishes every single time and he's completely under the radar and I cannot say enough nice things about him because he is consistently beautiful, his dishes are gorgeous, and he executes beautifully no matter what he's doing. No matter what Venue he's at, he always executes beautifully. So I'm really excited to see what's going on at Carver Steak.
0: Well, I didn't have to wait very long to get some answers on what's happening at Carver Steak in Resorts World. By the way, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, a few minutes after the end, and I spoke, I decided to grab my camera and microphone and walk over to Chef Daniel Ontiveros' station and ask him myself. The first thing we talked about: when is it opening?
7: So Carver Steak opens uh, December 29th tentatively, um, what we're going to do is we're going to obviously have some of the classic steakhouse uh, options, you know, seafood towers, but we're also going to do what uh, we're going to offer hot sh- shellfish platters. We're going to uh, do some table side service, um, we are going to have a different take on the traditional. Uh, hamachi, crudos, and some fun presentations, some more modern uh, flair to, to what you're typically seeing around town. So, just gonna have some fun with, with plating, plate presentations, the plates that come out are different, um, just the ambiance itself is, is gonna be beautiful decor. We have two private dining rooms. One of them's gonna be the whiskey room, the other one's gonna be the knife room. Um, both seat you know up to twenty people and so forth. So just past where Breza is, correct? Correct. Yeah. So we're down at the very end, next to Breza, which they're going to be our neighbors. Um, like you mentioned, we're down by the convention center. What we're going to do is we're going to hopefully capture that clientele, and what we're doing is we're going to come up with a special menu for uh, a pre-theater menu to get people in, get them onto the to their show, and then hopefully they come back and have a cocktail, a late-night cocktail with us. Uh, we are going to do like a late-night happy hour, if you will. Um, to, to kinda draw that crowd back into to our steakhouse.
0: And there is a secret, by the way, for getting down, I've discovered, for getting into that end, if you want to go dine down there, I think it's the Conrad, the Conrad Valet, which is, I believe, complimentary still, and you, instead of going into the hotel, you kind of go around to the side, there's that entrance where you are, right?
7: There is, yeah, if you go into the Conrad Hotel, you valet, and you walk right in the doors, and Carver Stick is right there. So, uh, what we're also planning to do is have, if you have a reservation with us, You valet. We greet you at the door. We give you a cocktail. We make it right from the beginning that you walk in all the way to the end of your meal. So,
0: well, cool, man. Super excited to get in there, man. Congratulations, Daniel Anaveros. Make a reservation. Very. Oh, yeah, really.
7: When do you start making reservations? Did I ask that? We're hopefully gonna start making. We're gonna launch it hopefully this November, early November. We're gonna open it up. So. Yeah. And I just want to remind
0: people, I mean, you've been at so many great restaurants. I mean, most recently, I'm thinking Scotch 80 Prime, and then right after that, you were over at Red Rock for a little while, yeah. but um, you were with um, Thomas Keller, right? I mean, who, who else? Mina Group? I mean, just about everybody who's anybody, you've
7: you've been in their kitchen, right? Pretty much, yeah. So I was uh, T-Bones, Scotch 80, uh, Thomas Keller for a few years, about six years in total. Michael Mina. Downtown? Ro- downtown at Therapy, I there opened me. that uh joe robuchon between robuchon and letellier uh david myers at comes i was with chef brian howard for a long time me and him are best friends uh, so yeah
0: so we're excited to have you at resorts world at carver steak you go back to cooking for people this looks really amazing thank so thanks so much chef great you to guys see thank you. you another new restaurant which is not yet open but which everyone is talking about was previewing its cuisine at unstripped I am speaking, of course, about Half Bird, the new chicken concept from Sparrow and Wolf's Brian Howard. I had one of their sandwiches at the Food and Loathing table, and it was really delicious. Very crispy, without a lot of breading, and spicy, but with a nuanced flavored heat that's very different from Nashville hot chicken. I was so intrigued by those bites of Half Bird's chicken that I decided to walk over to Brian's stand and ask him about it, as well as the other dishes he was serving that night.
8: This is the debut of Half Bird, the first... This is the debut of Half Bird. a sneak peek to what we're doing in January, maybe February, depending on the world, right? Uh, we're at the nature of that. So uh, tonight we're featuring both brands, Sparrow and Wolf. We're doing a uni and beef tongue dumpling with a maple vinaigrette. We've got a plant-based dish off the wood fire grill, coal roasted pumpkin with Massaman curry, puffed coconut and rice. Uh, and then Half Bird, we're doing our take on uh, the hot chicken. Not like every other hot chicken you see opening up in Vegas right now. There's gotta be 50 concepts doing Nashville. We're doing rotisserie birds, everything roasted. Turning the dial a little bit, bringing globally inspired flavors to it. Uh, our hot chicken tonight is the Spring Mountain version. It's going to be uh, Sichuan oil, green curry, and uh, bread and butter pickles. It's delicious. So wow. Cool. When the the people are seeming to like it. The long is, the line's been long all night, so we're excited. What inspired you to do a chicken concept? Uh, well, uh, when I worked for Thomas Keller uh, about five years at Bouchon, I roasted birds every day. I probably did a hundred birds every day roasting them. And there's a there's a nature of love that comes along with that and a simplicity of, of treating the bird respectfully and finding something good. Chicken is one of the number one selling things in America. I wanted to put my foot into a fast casual concept that was more of a, a level up brand. Something that was giving you something we feel good about serving you. Uh, delicious ingredients that aren't like commodity, right? But at a a, a, a price point that was comfortable for everybody. So, yeah, that's it, you know, and it's something that I can kind of plant seeds everywhere, hopefully, and it takes off.
0: And while I was out walking, I ran into Mark Marone, who was serving a pretty amazing sandwich himself. Those of you who know Mark know that he always has a lot going on, and I tried to get some details on his various projects. What do you have going on? You always have so many things. You're in Utah. You're in Texas. You're all over Las Vegas. You're teaming up with beer zombies and, and skinny fats, and you've got Gemma Gemma, and you got Graffiti Bow, and, and I don't know if you're gonna be still be on the top of that building downtown ever. But
9: what's happening with Mark Marone? So uh, Mark Marone, we're, we're uh, yeah, so we're fully fully integrated now with Skinny Fats. So we've created a giant umbrella company called Nice Hospitality, um, and yeah, one of the first projects we're to kick off, we're gonna release some details on soon, is a uh, potential building here downtown so maybe a project back on track there, which I'll keep you posted on. I took a picture of you on, on that roof oh, for man, the review right. journal like three, four years ago, man. It's exactly why you'd be the first guy to get the details on what's going on there. Um, and then we've got Italian Graffiti up in Salt Lake, which is due, turn over us hopefully first quarter of next year and get that open. And then hopefully some other projects right off the bat after that, so.
0: Okay, now I know I shouldn't put you on the spot, so you can just tell me to fuck off right now and it'll be fine, but um, are you gonna do
9: an Italian Graffiti in the bend still? Is that still in the works or no? Yeah, yeah, actually it is. So, uh, Kind of after COVID settled down and everyone thing got back on track. Yeah, we're still doing the, the one at the Bend. Different location in the Bend, but we're still doing it. So the Italian Graffiti is coming to Vegas for sure. So that's still happening and a couple and, other spots. And Wolftown, right? So Wolftown was uh, a, a partnership with Joelle that I helped consult on, kind of get it started, get it off the ground, and kind of turned it back over to her and, and let her run it and get it going. Yeah.
0: That rooftop restaurant he and I were chatting about, by the way, is the old post office building in downtown Las Vegas. Local developer Jay Dapper bought the place and gutted it before a complete renovation. I was up on the roof with Mr. Dapper shortly after he purchased it, then again with Mark for a review journal photo shoot, as I mentioned. I've got to tell you, it's a great location, and I'm really excited for more news on that. Getting back to Unstripped, I also tried to see if championship pizza maker Floriana Pastore, who operates the Senora Pizza truck, had any news on a brick and mortar outpost. How is Senora Pizza doing? I saw your truck on, a, I saw your, I don't know if you want to call it a truck or a trailer, yeah, but I, I mean, it's a crazy
9: it's a wheels yeah it's like a
0: transformers yeah, movie or something but we good. Today I, saw we... it, I saw it on the highway and i was thinking i love that truck i love what you do but i also want you to get a brick and mortar so what are we doing more oh, is it just the truck moving forward right now?
4: now yes we are working for next year so we are in you know looking for location we already found us few but I don't say nothing until uh, next year. Oh, so.
0: okay. but, <laughs> but we want it, and that's the thing. How about if people want to find out where the truck is? They
4: can go to my Instagram, that is at Signora Pizza, or to my Facebook, Signora Pizza page. They can see the location where we are. We go around the city, private event, weddings. This month, pretty busy. Today, we were uh, at the stadium for uh, the ULV football. We will be next, uh, next Saturday day as well. They do pre-party before the football game. UNLV. So, yeah, yes. UNLV games.
0: Okay, so if you are going to a UNLV football game, make sure you look for Senora Pizza. It's a truck. It should, I guess, be out there in the parking lot. Anyway, I have a lot of friends cooking inside of Allegiant Stadium. They're all making great food. I am not disparaging any of them. But this is a bite you really need to get on the way in or on the way out, wherever you can find it. Finally, at least for this segment, pastry chef Karis Kiwana dropped by our table with a delicious treat for me and Leanne. And if you don't know that name, you should. Once you listen to this, you will. Karis Kiwana, <laughs> one of my favorite pastry chefs. What are you bringing us?
6: Uh, so we made a churro mochi donut on a Mexican hot chocolate pot of creme. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay, I'm about to eat this, but I need you to tell everybody... you. You are here representing who? Yourself, right? I'm representing your own myself. Service. So right. tell me a bit about because I've been eating your food. I mean, God, since um, some <laughs> Where was it? It was at the Venetian Palazzo. The right, first time right. you I made me banana like, pudding geez. at Yardbird, right? Mm-hmm. And it was delicious. It's still the best banana pudding I've ever had. Aww. And you used Nilla wafers in the bottom, real Nilla wafers. I still remember Old eating that to this style. day. That's how we do it. I also remember um, that I went to a birthday party over at the Black Sheep, and the the birthday girl was our friend. Oh
6: my the, God! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It was Marissa, right? It was and, Marissa. And I think she had 18 cakes there, but <laughs> the only one that I ate was the one that you made for her, and it. Was was delicious so you're one of my absolute favorite pastry chefs in the world Thank
6: you tell people
0: now where they can find your food because I'm talking about (laughs) ancient history
6: so in the works we don't know yet Uh, we might do something of my own um, through the love group which they're wonderful Um, at the moment I'm exclusively through uh, coffee beans. So all of the pastries that you see there, the scones, the croissant, the um, we have blueberry muffins and chocolate chip muffins. They're they're slightly basic, but not so much. Like I will put a little <laughs> Nothing twist you do in is there. Basic, girl. <laughs> so I sneak in some Meyer Lemon uh, zest in there once in a while and uh,
4: I love this. Oh. The like it the cinnamon with the chocolate, oh. yeah. Is it too it spicy? To I'm uh-uh. really worried. No. You know? It's the perfect note. Thank I love it. You. I appreciate um. it.
0: Now, wait. Where else have I seen your stuff though? Recently, you is Bruce Common selling any of your dishes? No, you're doing a collaboration dinner yes, with Bruce Common. Yes, Coleman.
6: I'm going to be That's a guest where chef. I saw you. Yes, tell How us about awesome that. How awesome is that? So Bruce said he's like, hey, listen, I've got some guest chefs. Uh, none of them are pastry. And I'm like, heck yeah, I'll be there. So we're doing. Um, so I do. I know you know that I do a little bit of savory. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do some of their fried green tomatoes. Um, that's going to be a feature of mine. And then also, for the sweets part, I'm going to do a smoke a smoked um, a, a whiskey apple pie in a jar. Wow. Oh, so really? So this is going smoked to be whiskey.
0: at Soul Belly Barbecue right. on Main Street. What is the day that you're doing the guest I'm chef? I'm do
6: it on the 30th. And it starts, right. I, I have to be there, too. So I think maybe around 3, 34 o'clock is when, you know, it'll sell. And I've got, like, I don't know, about 50 desserts and about 50 orders of, of uh <laughs>
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> aber <laughs> Of our fried green tomatoes, and I love fried green tomatoes. That's my thing. I mean, everything's so heavy, and you gotta have a little bit of, you know, greenery I in there. Am Why not a fry
4: it? Total junkie about fried green tomatoes. Oh my god! Yeah, I love it. There's I something about it. the crunch when and the were, tang and the crispiness of it. Oh, I love it. Definitely.
0: When you were at Yardbird, did you make fried green tomatoes? We there? made
4: we made fried green tomatoes. Unfortunately,
6: it wasn't mine, and it was it, it was really delicious. Yeah. They had like pimento. Yes, so we yes, get yes. You yes, talk some yes. dirt now.
0: See, like I, I, oh. I always like to see how <laughs> drunk I can get the chefs and what they'll tell me. I
6: am pretty drunk. Um,
0: what? What happened with the slanted door? You were oh, over there so briefly.
6: So unfortunate. I mean, like yeah. he spent like two million on that on that project. It was, I know beautiful yeah, room, and oh. we were all excited, yeah.
0: and it was finally coming to Vegas, and you were going to be a sous chef and a pastry right. chef, right? And we had, of course, a great executive chef there, and I mean, yeah. it, it was a great yeah. setup. And then COVID, and then nothing. So what, well, what was the deal? That with? was our
6: thing. We opened up like our, we opened our doors in March, and when did the shutdown happen? In March. It, it really sucked. Right. I mean, all of us, we were all heartbroken, but. I mean, bittersweet. I, it kind of landed my gig here. Well, yeah, you're you
0: know. gonna do great, and we're still Aww. gonna get to enjoy your yeah, food. This is, but those this of us who so want to enjoy food right, are right. still kind so, of shit out of luck. Is, no, does mas, he have but, any? Have you spoken to him? Does he have any plans I have, I or have. hopes to come to Actually, Vegas? Actually,
6: uh, I'm going to Austin with him in a, in a month, or, uh, which is funny. Um, he he wants to do a little bit more um, here um, in Vegas, but. Probably not on the strip. He said that it's a little bit different. He wants to reach out to more of the locals. Charles I mean, he's so awesome. He's got. Rather. No, yeah, I would yeah. rather eat yes. local. Right, First of right.
0: all, I mean, you know, right there, you don't have to pay the strip rent, so that makes it easier.
6: But I don't even have to better. You can find a place to park
0: to go there. Yeah. The prices are going to be better. Hope, I mean, I'd rather drive to the other side of the valley to eat at one of his restaurants off the strip than. Me too. Me no. too. Well,
4: and, and even more than that, you're going to definitely have a repeat client base instead of just the one and done, you know. Nebraska Definitely. clientele that comes in but I want to talk about this dish <laughs> because I love the the cinnamon and the spice and the chocolate that's all going on Thank together it is, and the textures are fantastic it's a super crispy outside a very tender donut on the inside and that pot of crumb is really creamy and beautiful I really appreciate that so where that. can we find that
6: well um so I'm going to do a little bit of catering events so basically whatever you can dream of I'm your person I, I am your personal chef um and hopefully when we you know we launch more things by next year you'll see a little bit more of me. We'll see. Uh, no. I mean, I'll reach out there. you. And I like promoting.
0: <laughs> I feel like, you know, you got, I mean, did, did you just come out here because you want to be part of the community and you want to hang with um, your friends? Or are we planting the seed for the next mm, project? A
6: little bit, a little bit. I'm trying to get my <laughs> name out there a little bit. But then um, the rest of the love group. So Al Salito Posto is part of the love group. Um, James Trees has been a great partner chef of ours. And um, I mean, you kind of see you all Gina Marinelli. I mean, she's freaking awesome, yeah. right? She, we we so love when her. We
0: have desserts Holla. at <laughs> yeah. yeah. posto <laughs> or When we have desserts at Gina's place, they have a little bit of your touch. Yes,
6: yes, they do. Nice. Okay. I, I know Betty did
0: all of Gina's Be- Betty desserts. Is, for Betty is Betty is a great <laughs> she's friend. She's awesome. Too. Yeah,
6: yeah. Actually, this fall menu is actually Betty's, okay. uh, and she's really, really awesome. Any of the specialty cakes that you see there are mine. So cool. um,
0: I kind of felt like I just took that really into an inside baseball deep feeling yeah.
4: You kind of <laughs> did. Yeah, wow. People so for like people like who are, ass, aren't, aren't, aren't on the yourself. inside, Allie, You kind of gave them. I'm a little Al guy. you know- you know who's the who's the who and you kind of know the inside of everything. He knows way more than I do and I know a shit ton. (laughs) So
0: Karis what have you seen here today? I know you got to get back and and serve people but tell me what what are the most exciting dishes that you've had a chance to try?
4: Uh,
6: Actually I haven't gotten a chance to try anything um, yet which we will because it's kind of like a chef thing every time you do events you get a little bit of alcohol in your system first banging out at the very end everybody kind of pulls up a tray together some VIP boxes and just shares so So hopefully I get to hear um, and see what what, what everybody's doing. But, um, you know, I got to meet Justin Kingsley Hall just uh, recently. He's a delight,
4: isn't he? He's awesome. Yeah,
6: he was awesome. He's super nice. And then um, our El Salita poster is doing Beef Cheek with Sunchoke. And I had a little bit of a chance to, you know, help. I'll peel some of the sunchokes like last night's right.
4: well, we all you know. have the opportunity <laughs> or you yeah. have the border
0: <laughs> I've never had that it's opportunity and I'm not worried <me> or anything.
4: <laughs> I've had that opportunity uh, it's not a great
6: opportunity I can't thank you enough for having me here I really appreciate <laughs> thank it thank you so thank much you for coming man
0: you know it's I awesome to have you and um, yeah we're probably going to stop for the two or three people that are watching right now and we're going to round up some more talent and I'm going to walk around and see some more food but we're going to have a lot of fun Karis Kwan Honest, my.
6: Woo-hoo!
0: One of my, I, I can't say my favorite because there are a couple other people that I love almost or no, yeah, no, nearly you, as much as you. You better but not say that. You don't are one it. of my absolute favorite pastry chefs <laughs> of all time.
4: So. It was really nice to meet you in Pleasure person because I've, I've seen, seen your name you. everywhere and I've never put a face with it. Uh, so it's you know? Really it, delightful. It's sad
6: I don't have a home base yet, but I promise you, we're working very very hard. He okay. Like,
4: well, he I will, I will be the first announce
0: it on Food and Loathing. I promise. Yeah. If you let me.
6: Definitely. Definitely.
0: Okay. Those are just some of our conversations. Vegas Unstripped 2021, but trust me, there are a lot more that you really shouldn't miss. So for those who want to take a deep dive into the festival and the local chef scene, you are definitely going to want to check out the bonus episode of Food and Loathing that will also be released today. Episode 20 will be all about Vegas Unstripped leftovers. It will include nearly 30 minutes with Chef James Trees, and I dare you to try to count how many F-bombs he drops during that time. He also throws some serious shade at a legendary Las Vegas Vegas chef. Um, hint: It's someone from Bellagio. In that same bonus episode, our friend Jean-Paul Labadie talks aprons and apron ties, and barman extraordinaire Adam Rains talks ghosts, and then tries to assuage Rich's hostility towards cocktail programs. If you're a Vegas food nerd, you will not want to miss this bonus episode, available now wherever you found this episode. But speaking of this episode, Chef Rick Moonen has been patiently waiting in the wings to chat more about the local scene and taste some cannabis edibles with me. So Rich and I will be back with him in just a second. This is Food and Loathing. Welcome back to Food and Loathing. I'm Al Mancini, joined again by our producer Rich Johnson and our guest host, Rick Moonen. Okay, now it is time for the news. We're going to start with some big news, for me at least, as a former New Yorker with countless memories and stories about Le Cirque. MGM Resorts International announced Wednesday that Le Cirque will reopen at Bellagio October 28th with Damien Evers as executive chef. Evers is an L.A. native, a veteran of Thomas Keller's Bouchon Beverly Hills, as well as Gordon Ramsay and Michael Mina kitchens. I tried to get over to chat with him before we recorded this segment. The timing didn't quite work out, but I'm meeting him next week. I'll be tasting some dishes And I hope to bring you up to date on that on a, Future episode, Le Cirque Rick to me is one of those restaurants, and I realize it's gone through some changes since it's been in Las Vegas. It's it was always went through changes in New York too, always changed chefs, but it was always an amazing experience. I have such great memories of the New York and the Las Vegas ones. I'm psyched to have it opening up again. Oh,
1: man. You know, I was there two years. I was associate Le Cirque when Alan Sayak was the chef. Really? So I could tell you stories, but that's a whole nother that's <laughs> okay. A whole another. Well, maybe when we do our Le Cirque thing, you'll come in and tell some stories for us. Oh man, I would love to. That's where I had my wedding. Um, reception with Ronnie when we got married
0: nine wow. years ago. Awesome. Um, some sad news to report. A death in the Edo Tapas or Edo Tapas family. I never know how to pronounce that restaurant, so my apologies. But Edo Tapas family. There's sommelier. Roberto Alejandro Manzaras recently passed away unexpectedly. He's a veteran of and I'm to- Carnivino, and I'm told a memorial service is being planned at Brezza. But I'm bringing this up because there is a GoFundMe page for his wife and children, which you can find a link to on the Food and Loathing Facebook page or my personal page. If you're in a position to help, please do so. We spoke a bit about this being a close-knit community, and, you know, we do take care of our own, so please um, lend a hand.
1: I'm in.
2: So Bobby Flay, uh, earlier this year, closed Bobby's Burger Palace at City Center. He's now announced he'll open two new joints, to be just called Bobby's Burgers, one at Harris that'll open in December and one at Paris in March. Yeah, a couple
0: of takeaways from that. First, um, I noticed in the press release that he's still offering his signature crunch burger topped with <laughs> potato chips at the new places. So if you're a potato chip burger fan... Have no fear. Uh, second, note that these are Caesar's entertainment properties, coming in the wake of morphing Mesa Grill into a Malfi at Caesar's Palace. So it seems like he's firming up that Caesar's connection. Yep. Um, and third, Bobby actually makes a very good fast food style burger at these chains, but none of them compares to the fancy pants burger that he used <laughs> to serve at Mesa Grill, and I miss
1: that. Well, he did, he's 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 uh, exited the, uh, the his re- long term relationship with Food Network. Yeah, we were discussing that last week. Actually. So I mean, he's uh, he's he's gonna. Have- Hopefully, can move out here and be a part of the community. It'd be kind of cool. Bobby's oh. a good guy. I'm a fan.
2: I like Bobby a lot. I, I want a royalty because I was putting potato chips in my tuna sandwiches when I was eight years oh, old. Yeah. And, like uh, you,
1: you're like you're the only one.
2: Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, heeding, really up. <laughs> he, uh, heeding your admonition, Al, to up my junk food game, I paid a visit to Plant Power. That's a Southern California vegan fast food chain that's opened its first Vegas location. It's at uh, Craig Road 95. Uh, A brand-new mid-bod building, big glass from floor to a very high ceiling. The concept is carried through with lots of details. I ordered the iconic burger, very traditional array of bun, the fake meat, the lettuce, tomato, secret sauce, fake cheese. All the ingredients, very nice and fresh. Uh, two things to note, though. The cheese definitely earns the quote marks. <laughs> uh, it's pretty much there for decoration. I actually Vegan bro- cheese. I <laughs> broke off a bit to see what it tasted like, and I, I, I could that. taste I gotta, I gotta nothing. Uh, the onions are grilled. They're plentiful, but they kind of dominate the whole thing. They're nice, but whatever flavor the fake burger is going for is lost in the grilled onions.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the non-food foods coming out, you know, like the unburgers and all that stuff, as mm-hmm. you said, you know. Big brands and big popularity—it's really spreading like crazy, coming in your way. And I'm going to tell you more about it when I actually taste it. And I've got samples on their way right now. It's uh, making tuna out of just cells from a bluefin tuna, and it's just to make the muscle. In other words, it never has a head, a tail, scales, none Mm -hmm. of that. It's just—it doesn't have the sinews that they have to scrape with the spoon. It's pure. Tuna and it's and it's plant-based food. Basically, it's a winter melon is what they're what they're feeding this this okay. uh, this test tube thing. I'm super excited because from a sustainability point of view, it's off the charts, uh, um, super sustainable.
2: My one concern about that, and especially with plant power, is they talk about it's all plants, but they never say which plants that's why because uh, it's usually no, a genetically
0: well, modified beet root or soy or something uh, like that and so as
2: someone who has type 2 diabetes who shouldn't be eating 80 no. percent of the stuff we
1: eat we, got, we have answers to all of that uh, we I, meaning, you I, know I'm, I'm trying to yeah i'm trying to really I'm, get involved with them see figure out if it's something i want to. that that kind of grew. worries me nope. about about nope, all plants no, it's gluten free I don't care it's about gluten. Mostly, mostly. I like gluten. but that's good too. Winter I want melon, extra its pure protein. It's, it's, yeah, it, no, that's a different deal. We're gonna
0: cut you out some of this. When, we're gonna come to Rick's house. We're gonna just <laughs> Ow, <laughs> come
1: by on Friday. I'm gonna, it's gonna be—it's gonna be here. It's today's Thursday, so it's, uh, whatever it is it doesn't matter. Whatever <laughs> yeah,
2: you're well,
0: air this,
1: not to confuse. Um, so plant power, yay or nay, Rich?
2: Uh, yep. Yeah. I, I think I'll go back that area because uh, right next to it is Bonanno's New York Pizza, which There you go. Up yeah, open that's to. what I'll be
1: going Yeah, to. baby. Yeah. Food,
0: that I think I'll
2: probably food. go back to my impossible whopper before I go back to plant power.
0: I'm glad you got in there um, because I was <laughs> sitting next to a guy named John Corrin at the Golden Knights Kraken game, and he works for Jay Dapper, who is the landlord on this entire project, and he was trying to get me Jay's in there. Jay's awesome. So I'll be going yeah. in there as well soon. Um, okay, time for the edibles review. I know we've had a long episode, and that's why we are going to have a leftovers episode shortly. Ha ha, Gummies. Okay, this is a new brand I've tried. I picked up two of their stuff. I got their pink lemonade. I got their sour gu- blueberry sour gummy bumps. Rick, mm-hmm. I really want to just get your
1: impression taking this blueberry sour. I've had
0: a I few of you. these
1: so oh, far. I don't. And I don't I want, I, want your opinion yet. Let me tell you. All right. You want his fingers. Well, first of all, it's nice and <laughs> gooey. That's for sure. It's yeah. got nice texture.
2: Looks like Christmas candy.
1: Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's got the texture is just uh I like looking at his face when he's <laughs> trying not to pucker there. <laughs> It's not that sour. <laughs> <laughs> that was too sour for me. I got to say. I understand. <laughs> I think they went overboard on the ascorbic acid. Yeah, just a little bit. If you want to try another one, their pink lemonade flavor is um, pretty
0: good. So I, I'm tired of um, reviewing gummies, but they seem to make up the vast majority of the edibles market. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Haha. Ha. I think they're a proprietary brand of somebody told me of planet 13. I'll have to check on that. Um, I would stick with their pink lemonade, not their blueberry sour. I don't like them for microdosing. I hate you, man. You my tongue hurts. throw the whole thing yeah. in. And they made Rick Moonen's tongue hurt. Are oh, those five or ten? Let's put those front
2: in front of the camera so instead of the gonna, back in front of the camera. Yeah, well, I'm usually just
0: going to, like, roll in a piece yeah, right. anyway. Oh, okay, so that's it for this episode of Food and Loathing. Thanks to all our guests, the far too many-to-be-named folks who stopped by to visit
2: us at Vegas Unstripped. In fact, there were so many, we've done an extra episode this week. Unstripped leftovers, if you're hearing this, you should also uh, have the download for that.
0: Next week, it's sushi time, revolving all-you-can-eat the dreaded sushi burrito and some (laughs) really top-shelf sushi from our recording location, Sushi Samba at the Venetian. I'll tell you which of those really dreadful things I admit to as a guilty pleasure in next week's episode. Usually do.
2: Tell a friend about food and loathing. Tell enemies. Tell strangers, (laughs) you know. Just say nice things about us, too, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Either way, we want your feedback. We want your likes. We want your retweets. Find it all at Al's website, theneonmohawk.com, or reach us direct by email, info at foodandloathing.vegas.
0: With producer Rich Johnson and our recurring guest host, Rick Moonen, who I hope continues to come back, I'm Al Mancini.
8: Stay hungry.